to Kingdom Come with Andrew Nkoyoyo, called to be God's voice, reaching people worldwide with the message of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us again here on Kingdom Come. We are glad you're tuning in, and we are so blessed that you're watching. And thank you, my friends, for joining us here in the studio. God has got a word, and we're going to continue. We have been on this journey, pursuing a pure heart. And we have made a case for several weeks why a pure heart, why you have to seek it, pursue it. And then we have shown you how to pursue it. And now we are going to continue in part two on how to maintain a pure heart. You know, I shared with you last week that one of my moments that I came to grips in my walk with God, when, when the Holy Spirit told me, all the things that are going on around you that you can't fix and you're blaming the devil and it's not the devil it's just that you have allowed the enemy to have cracks in in your armor to come into your house this is the temple and and i said lord how do i fix that and then he said you have to go back to psalm 24 who is allowed into the throne room to ascend into the place that God dwells and then it dawned on me when the Holy Spirit highlighted it's one with clean hands and a pure heart and so for several years I've been on this journey pursuing this it's not something I woke up and say okay I'm gonna preach a pure heart trust me nobody can live in the world without sin but we can live out of sin amen and so this pure heart is a lifestyle that we are cultivating, that God is calling us to pursue intently because you don't wake up and have it. Now, when you got saved, your sins were washed away. God gave you a pure heart, right? But then as you walk in this world, Jesus said, John 13 verse 9, that you are clean except your feet. Because the feet are the only part of your body that touch the ground, touch the dirt. He said, yeah, you have been washed. Except your feet. Your feet need daily, constant, continual washing. As you make contact with the dirt, you need to wash. Amen. Amen. And so, as we walk with Christ, our feet get contaminated. But thank God for the blood of Christ. So we want to continue on talking about cultivating the lifestyle so that we don't only pursue it and obtain it, but we can sustain it. Amen? And so we're going to continue. This is part seven. In order for you and I to cultivate a lifestyle, we have to seek out a lifestyle of daily prayer. Now, Prayer, most of us, we do prayer when we go to God to ask something. Amen? But our chief motive for prayer is really communion with God, right? We go to commune with God. But also there are benefits like here, Jesus tells them. He says, pray that you may not enter into temptation in Luke 22 verse 40. So there are benefits as we come into this divine communion. With God. In a lifestyle. 
Now, the key word, a lifestyle, is not something you do when you're in a good mood. Amen? But we have to cultivate a lifestyle. Because when you do prayer, and it's no longer a duty or an obligation, but it's a part of your waking up, of your going around, and of your sleeping, and waking up part of your, basically your life every day, you're going to be in tune and shocked with the presence, in the presence of God. And I'm telling you, prayer brings discernment. So that's why Jesus is telling them, pray that you may not enter into, into temptation because he knows that if you can be located in the presence of God through prayer, amen, you will not be tempted as much or you will have the discernment to smell the enemy miles away. The temptations are going to try to come, but God is always giving you what? Discernment. Because you are abiding. You see, you abide. That's why Psalm 91 doesn't say, he who just walked through the prayer room. He says, he who dwells, abides in the secret place of the Most High. Okay? You have to abide in order for the shadow of the Almighty that is going to keep you from the temptation to be over you. You have to abide. And how you do that is a lifestyle that you cultivate. It might be in your car. It might be in your office. It might be in your bathroom. It might be in your bedroom. Well, it doesn't matter. But it's a part of your everyday going around that the enemy is going to have a hard time finding loophole because you know what? You are in tune with the headquarters. You see, you are receiving transmission and you're transmitting the will of God in your life and through your life. Amen. Amen. So Jesus is telling them, in order for you not to enter tempt into temptations, you have to pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, who shall dwell on prayer? <laughs> because I'm telling you, there is one thing I love. If I could get paid to do it, is pray. Amen? Because I never get tired of it. And the more I hang with God, the more I find out, oh my goodness, I am nothing and He's everything. You see, it's the communion. So that is one of the ways you and I can cultivate and maintain a pure heart. Because when, you remember when you first got saved? You are so on fire. Your heart was clean. You are loving what God loves. You hate what God hates. But as you came in the church, as you started going on as a believer, you know, your, the dirt keeps coming on your feet. And you see, re really, we haven't talked much about washing the blood. We haven't. Because it's not a vain repetition. But he's applying the blood. He's saying you have to wash. Amen. You just have to wash. It's like when you go to work, you come home, you wash. Because you've been sweating, you've been out there, you, know, you need to be refreshed. You see, if we are going to see an awakening, the church has got to know the power of washing. Amen. The power of the blood. And that is in prayer. So Jesus says, hey, even if you don't get it right now, or you're not passionate about it, you, don't, you just be in the presence. You'll get it. Because the more you come in his presence, he begins to reveal his longings and his desires and his passions for you. Amen? 
So what we are talking about is not something you only do on Sunday morning or when there are other spiritual people around so you can look spiritual. We are talking about a lifestyle. Amen. We realize that what was going to save, really, when we first got married, our marriage was us to be honest with God. And then we found out, wow, we are so different. We come from different backgrounds. There are this and this and this. And say, God, what is it? It's not another counselor. God said, you need clean hands and a pure heart. Because once your, uh, your heart is empty of selfishness, you're going to begin to walk in love. And guess what? Love loves. It is what it is. It is love. Are you listening to me, church? My wife and we were kind of chatting this afternoon and talking about those days and we were laughing. Like, man, we are reminiscing and we're talking about this because now we can laugh about those things, how stupid and how silly they were, but they were kind of tearing us apart. And you know what? Because the enemy had cracks. The day we said enough and we said, God, you either can give it or have it or we forget about it. And God says, I want to give it to you if you seek it out. Amen. Amen. God says, I have it. It's yours. But it begins in the prayer room. In your personal closet. Amen. You see, you give tithes 10% of your money. This is the rule of thumb for me. To encourage you to start out, if you're not already. Take 10% of your time and give it to God. Oh, brother, that's a lot. Well, you tithe your money. Right? You can give him 10% of your time. And say, God, I'm just here. I'm not even going to come with an agenda. I'm just going to come. Show me, teach me. Oh my goodness, the school of the Spirit is awesome. You're going to find out that you have bought into a lot of stuff that is not even God at all. Amen? But it's in that school of the Spirit when you say, God, here I am. Teach me. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. The next point I want to give you, how to maintain 1 Samuel 15 verse 22. About obedience. You see here it says, As the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. You see, he says to obey, and then he says to heed. To heed is to hear and obey. So every time you read your Bible, those, those of you that read the King James, and he says, if you heed the voice of the Lord, he's saying, if you hear the voice and obey the voice. But there is a key thing here that I want to dwell on just one more minute. He says that he's not delighted in burnt offerings or sacrifices as he's delighted in obeying the voice of the Lord. Now, there's another thing I want to throw out and challenge you. Do you hear God's voice? Because that is tied greatly to your success as a Christian in maintaining this pure heart to be able to hear the voice of God. Because he says here, what is going to delight him is when you hear his voice. Now, I know there are many of us that don't hear his voice. It's not because God is not speaking. It's just because we are not listening. Yeah, I've told people hearing God's voice and said, but brother, I never hear God's voice. I said, no, that's not true. God is always speaking. 
Even right now to many of you here, and for those of you watching, God is speaking. But the question is, are you listening? Have you yielded your mind and your will and your faculties to the Holy Spirit to bring you in a state of silence and quiet so you can hear? Remember, most of the time God is not probably as loud as I am right now. It's that still small voice. But you see, you have to be silent and quiet in your spirit to hear it. Amen? So your, your ability to obey is tied largely to your ability to hear the voice of God. Amen? You see, I taught a school of ministry on how to move in the power of God and how to move in the fullness of God's power and all these things. And, and I told them, but this is the key. At least most of the time when I experience outrageous moves of God is when I have heard a word from God. Even on the street is when I have heard a word. If I, I, I hear a word, that word imparts faith that will cause me to act out outrageously. And you'll find even for yourself that if you can quiet your spirit enough, you can begin to enter into a new realm of hearing God's voice. And that voice is going to help you walk in obedience. Amen? There are many of us wondering what is God's will for my life. But God is speaking constantly. I found that one. God was always speaking. The, the problem is I wasn't listening. I was looking for somewhere that God was going to speak to me. But then I realized. Be still. And know. You see the voice of God. You have to know it. And it's only known by your spirit. Not your intellect, not your mind, not your flesh, by your spirit. Amen? Oh, are we going to talk? Because God wants to release you into a new dimension of the supernatural life that is yours, that is mine. But we have to know what he's up to. And I believe that's part of our problem in the church that we are not seeing the great awakening that we ought because we are not listening. We are stuck in our to-dos and our systems and our formula and we don't stop to say, God, what is on your mind? And actually wait until God speaks. We can say, okay, we're going to wait upon God, but then after five minutes, oh, will you give us a song, sister? Am I telling the truth? We can say, oh, we want to hear what is on God's heart. And after we, we oh, would you give us a little something there? Because we are not cultivating the lifestyle of being still. Because that stillness is tied to our obedience. Amen? And your obedience is better than sacrifice and is tied to your blessings. To all that God will release and pour out to you. Oh, Deuteronomy verse, chapter 28, verse 1 through 14. Talks about all the blessings. But you see, it begins with an if clause. If you will hear the voice of the Lord your God to do all that he commands you, then all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. It's conditional. Okay, 
Second Chronicles 7, 14. He says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then he's looking for obedience. He says, these are the conditions I need you to obey and fulfill those conditions. Amen? And then all these things are going to take place for you. Hallelujah. So this is obedience. It's tied to you hearing the voice. Whether it's the Logos word that God will quicken to you and become Remer. Or it's the Remer word that will drop into your spirit. But your ability to hear and to obey it is tied largely to how God and is going to determine how God and what God will release to you. For you and through you. It's tied to it. They go together. Number nine, a lifestyle of extravagant love to God. Matthew 22, 37. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your affections, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. We're talking about a pure heart. We define what the heart means. It's known this muscle in your chest. It's a figure of speech. When you read the Bible, it talks about give your heart. God is saying, I want you to give me your affections. And we say that the heart is, is got the, the benevolent and the malevolent affections. They are the good affections. But God wants to sanctify you completely so that you only host and house the benevolent affections. Amen. And then we talked about this fruit of the Spirit. That a pure heart is one that is housing the fruit of the Spirit. And what is the fruit of the Spirit? Love. Isn't that amazing that the Bible doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit? It says the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's why I believe it is so key for us to pursue the life of extravagant love to God. And guess what? Romans 5 tells us, verse 5 and Going down. He says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And guess what? When this love comes, it doesn't come just to love God. The love of God is complete. It comes in, in its entirety. The love for Him, the love for you, and the love for the world. Amen? And he says that we have this hope because this love we're talking about, the Holy Spirit is going to shed it abroad in your heart. And I'm going to show you how you can do that, how you can tap into the inner workings of the Holy Spirit because that's where it's at. Amen? But we have to yearn this. We have to put it in front of us. It's not something we do once in a while. It's not something we cultivate when we are feeling good. Especially when we are not feeling good. Especially when we don't feel like loving someone. That's actually when we should love. Amen? Because God commands us. Oh, and then number 10. We have to live a lifestyle. And I want to dwell a little bit more on this. Because, oh, God wants to release us into a dimension that we have not known. But all those, so far, nine principles we have talked about hinge on this one. And it's called absolute surrender. 
Can you say it after me? Absolute surrender. Of all everything we are talking about, it comes down to this one. Romans 6.13 Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but, listen to this, yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness. The key to all this is yield yourselves to God. The King James says yield. The ESV says present. Different ones. But that's the whole idea. And the whole idea of present, yield, surrender yourself is put yourself at God's disposal. Oh, I'll say that again. He says here, yield yourself unto God as those that have come from death and they are alive. And your members, these members, your, your body as instruments, right? Of righteousness unto God. But what are we to yield? You ask me. Well, you are to yield, now stay with me here, you are to yield the most important part of your life. And the most important part of your life is not your affections. The most important part of a plant or a tree, what is it? It's the root. You cut the root, that tree will fall down. And so when God says, I want you to yield yourself he says, I want you to bring the most important part of you. And that is your will. Who we'll say it after me? My And your will is located in the makeup of your mind. So, what God says, he says, I want to bring the very root of who you are. Oh, this is good. Because only after you have brought your mind, which has the makeup, the very root, the very foundation, your will, into surrender to God, you cannot really present your body. Because your will still wants to be in control. And your mind, that's why in Romans 12, he says we have to renew the mind in order we can know the will of God. Why? Because... In the mind, in the makeup of the mind, you have the will embedded in there. And that stinking stubborn will has to be gotten hold of by God himself in order for you to be totally surrendered. So when God says, yield you your member, he says, I want you, oh this is good. I want you to bring your mind and your will under the control of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Listen to this. It's only then that you can begin to see the work of sanctification. Romans 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. This is the key. Why? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You hear? It's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that is going to set you and I free from the law of sin and death. 
And it's only after our will and our mind are surrendered to the law of the Spirit of God that we can begin or to have this deeper walking of the Spirit of God in transforming us in total transformation. How to absolutely surrender. Matthew 10, 39. Listen, Jesus says, <laughs> he uses the word lose. He says, he who finds his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Amen. What is he talking about? He says, you have to lose your mind and your will to the control of the Spirit of God in order to find your true life, your true potential to access the power and the fullness of all that God will do for you, in you and through you. Amen. He says, you have to lose it. That's what he says. I didn't write the Bible. The Holy Spirit did. He says, he doesn't say if you put it away sometime and hold on to one side and give the other side to God. He says, you have to literally lose it. So in other words, you have to hand it over, turn it over to him and let him be in full control. Beloved, I want to talk to you. You are watching this broadcast and you are saying, brother, I'm so convicted. I am looking and I'm searching. How do I do this? Stay with us because we're going to continue. On absolute surrender. Because God wants you. He wants you. Maybe you don't know Jesus. You don't have him in your heart. As your Lord and Savior. He wants you. He created you for a purpose. And he desires to have the glory. To have the honor and the praise. That he could have out of you. And out of me. And today. Is your day. Your day of salvation. Your day of repentance. It doesn't matter where you have been. God is so, so in love with you that he sent his son to die for you. He's not condemning you. But he's seeking you out, even right now. Right there on your couch, wherever you are, you can invite Jesus. Say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I repent of my sins. And I confess that I'm a sinner. And I ask you, Jesus, to wash me with your blood. Write my name. In the book of life. And if you pray that prayer. Jesus has answered your prayer. And you can say you're born again. Find a Bible believing church. And get plugged in. Be discipled. So that God can have the glory. That he deserves out of you. To watch on our website. Receive prayer. To give. Or to request a copy of Andrew's book, Working the Works of God, please visit us online at www.kingdomimpactministry.org or write to Kingdom Impact Ministry, P.O. Box 2073, Montrose, Colorado, 81402. This broadcast is a presentation of Kingdom Impact Ministry and is made possible by the grace of God, faithful prayers, and gifts from partners and viewers like you. Next time on Kingdom Come. I know that it's hard to hear, but I'm telling you, you're trying to find out the will of God. 
You will not, it doesn't matter how many scriptures. Watch this. This is going to set you free from all these answered prayer and answered prayers. You are praying and you are quoting scriptures. Just stop and say, God, not my will. Because it tells us in scripture that if you ask anything according to my will, it will be done. So how come we are praying for so many things and they're not happening? I believe one of them is that we are praying out of God's will. 